0: Tonight is study number 5 of Genesis chapter 7, and we're continuing to read verses 4 through 6. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all that Jehovah commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. Now, we're going to pick up where we left off in our last study, looking at 2 Peter 3, because the uh, statement here in Genesis 7, verse 4, for yet seven days, identifies with what God says in 2 Peter chapter 3. And I'll read Second Peter three, verse five through ten. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the Word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. And I'll stop reading there. Now, in this passage, God is speaking of the flood, that clearly is what he's referring to when he says the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Then he makes reference to this present world which we're living in right now that is kept in store against the day of judgment. And then in verse 8 he says, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord, is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And and I read verses 9 and 10, and you could continue reading some verses after that also. But verses 9 and 10 bring the focus to the final judgment of the world. Which means if you were to try and map out uh, this chapter, its layout, if um, you you just took a pencil and, and you were um, trying to analyze it and summarize it, you would say, first few verses, God addresses the flood, the destruction of the first earth, then following that, He speaks of the destruction of the second earth. And right in between, right in the midst of the discussion that God is having regarding the destruction of these two worlds, one by water and the last by fire, he makes that statement in verse 8. To the beloved, which is again language that identifies only with the loved of Christ. And, and uh, the loved of Christ are the ones that he has saved. The elect. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. And in our last study, we, we looked at um, the Greek word translated as ignorant. We saw that in a few places, it's translated as hid or hidden and and the woman knew she was not hid or hidden from Jesus when he perceived that virtue had gone out of him. Or um, the Apostle Paul speaking, uh, I think it was to Agrippa in Acts 26, where he says that these things were not hid, they were not done in a corner. And that's the word that's translated as ignorant. And really... It could be translated, Beloved, um, let not this one thing be hidden from you. Let not this one thing be hidden from you. And and that gives it a different sort of idea than be not ignorant, especially when we realize that God has hidden Truth in his word, the Bible, until the time of the end. That's what having the word sealed up, uh, really means. It's hidden truth. Spoken in mysteries, parabolic language, that man was held back from understanding. The people of God were, were held back from, uh, understanding these things until we reached The time of the end of the world, which really began with the Great Tribulation period and continues until today. And then God opens the scriptures to the understanding of his people. Knowledge increases. And we would witness and and acknowledge that we have learned many things over the course of the Great Tribulation and into the Day of Judgment. Many things not previously known. And one thing though, notice again that language, be not ignorant of this one thing. Let not this one thing be hidden from you. And the reference to one thing, for instance, is found in Luke chapter 10. In Luke 10, beginning in verse 40, at a time when Martha and, and Mary were hosting some people over at their house and Martha was, was very busy in serving, but Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. That is, she was listening to Christ teach, to the word of God. And, and so it says in Luke 10, verse 40, but Martha, was cumbered about much serving, and came to him, and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her one thing is needful what was that one thing in this case to listen to the word of god and of course what's what's true of martha is true of all of us we're we're careful and troubled about many things and yet the The answer, the solution to our cares, to our anxieties, is not to, uh, fix the problem and get people to help us in all those things, but it's to slow down and to sit down at the feet of Christ, which is what we do spiritually whenever we pick up the Bible and read. Whenever we're spending time in the Word of God, we're sitting at the feet of Jesus, and we're, we're listening for instruction. And, and, you know, it's a good prayer for all of us to pray, Lord, teach me. Uh, help me to understand. Cause me to understand. Open my understanding. Well, anyway, one thing was needful. And that phrase one thing stresses that what is being referred to is very important. It's extremely important. This one thing, God hid many things in his word. God hid information about hell and about um the, the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ from the foundation of the world. And God hid information about the end of the church age. And, and so forth. And God has hidden information concerning many things in His Word. And it's all important. But there's only one specific thing that God Places this much stress upon, or this much emphasis upon, and it has to do with this statement in 2 Peter 3 verse 8. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That is, let not this one thing be hidden from you. And if it's not hidden from you, that means you are to understand it. You are to Know this one thing, and what is it? well, it goes on to say that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day well, okay, that's interesting and uh, we we. Could say well, yes. It it indicates God is timeless in a sense. He's eternal. He's beyond time, and, and it's just a a bit of good, helpful information about God. That that uh, this is his nature and and his character. That that uh, it doesn't matter if a day passes or a thousand years pass with God because. Uh, he, he is an eternal being. And, and yet, even though that's a wonderful truth that God is an eternal being, we, we just wonder, well, why would God highlight this the way he's doing in this passage of 2 Peter 3 with again, the language before it concerning the flood, the language following concerning the fiery destruction of the world, and then this strong emphasis placed on one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And also, let it not be hidden from you, this one thing. This this extremely important thing must not be hidden from you. And we can't imagine that that's just referring to the fact that God is eternal and outside of time and, and views the passage of time in the world differently than man does. No, it must be something else. And also, remember, the, the only other place in the Bible where God speaks of a, a thousand years in this kind of a way, in Psalm 90. Psalm 90, verse 3, Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, when it is past, and as a watch in the night, thou carriest them away as with a flood. And and again, a thousand years, and God speaks of man's destruction, and, and also... He, he uses this word flood that, that man is destroyed and carried away with a flood and a thousand years are but as yesterday and yesterday is a day. So a thousand years are as a day in connection, in association with a flood. Well, if we go back to the flood account, that's second Peter three. That's the context. The statement is made in Psalm 90 that makes reference to a flood, as it also refers to a thousand years. And if we go back to the only flood that was worldwide in scope that the Bible tells us about, we we find this statement in Genesis 7, verse 4, For yet seven days and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. Yet seven days. And, alright, now, what if? and, And this is exactly what must be done with the Word of God. It is the way that we come to understand the mysteries that have been hidden within the Bible we we um, say well all right now God mentions the flood in second Peter 3 and then strangely in a way in between the the two destructions of the first and the second earth he spends time um, just just sort of if you uh, you had a yellow highlighter you know when you're reading and you want to remember something and 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 you want it to stand out, and you highlight it in yellow. That's, of course, God didn't do that. We don't we don't have different color ink or anything. But with the language, be not ignorant, beloved. Be not ignorant of this one thing. He he uh, he definitely placed strong emphasis upon it. One day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. All right, well, let's take that biblical allowance. The The Bible allows, for instance, if you come upon a passage that speaks of days, since the Bible, at times, uses a, um, a year for a day, you could make that substitution. Well, here, God says with him, one day is as, one thousand years. And therefore, we could read, for yet seven days, well, but let's make the substitution, for yet 7,000 years, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. The, the rain would, would represent God's wrath. So, yet 7,000 years, and I will pour out my wrath upon the earth. Now, at this point, we um, would have to know the timing for when the flood took place, in order for us to not be ignorant of of this one thing. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And related to this statement, we would have to know the year of the flood. And if uh, we were living um, 60 years ago, 100 years ago, or any time prior to that, 200, 300, 500, 1,000 years ago, any time in all past history except Maybe the last three uh, or four decades, the last 40 years or so, is when the biblical calendar of history has been developed, as the Lord opened up um, the understanding of Mr. Camping to write the book Adam, when and and really that book is just helpful, which shows us. The actual biblical calendar. And a biblical calendar means just that. A Bible calendar. That is a calendar that can be um, shown to come right from the Bible. It's not a man-made calendar. It's not a calendar that um, the church has produced. But it's a Bible calendar. And, And it's... Derived primarily from the genealogies in the book of Genesis. And God kept that secret, that, that biblical calendar for all, uh, well, practically all of the church age. It, it actually came forth right before the church age ended and, and for almost 1950 or or um, throughout the New Testament era, over nineteen hundred years, almost nineteen hundred and fifty—I'm not sure the actual uh, number of years—but but for almost two thousand years, once the Bible was completed, that information was sealed, and and so even if we understood Second Peter three eight. That, that it was a signpost to go back to Genesis and take this statement in Genesis 7-4 for yet seven days and have it identify each day with a thousand years. Even if that was previously known in past centuries, nobody could have done anything with it because there was no understanding of when the flood took place until just, again, the last few decades. So God opens up that information concerning the biblical calendar that helps us to date Noah's 600th year and to uh, identify it with our calendar so we know that it was the year 4990 B.C. 4990 B.C. And and again, I'll refer you to the book Adam When. And that book, I think, was written in the early 70s, 1970s. And that date was in view for the date of the flood back then. And yet at that time, no one was even talking about a Great Tribulation. Dates for the end of the world had not been put forth. But we had the date of the flood in the early 70s, 4990 B.C. And that was Noah's 600th year. Now, when when you go 7,000 years, one day is as a 1,000 years, yet 7 days, yet 7,000 years, from the year 4990 B.C., It takes you to the year 2011 A.D. 49.90 plus 2011. We always take the Old Testament date, add it to the New Testament date, minus 1 because there's no year 0, and you get 7,000 years exactly. Now, you know, look where this is falling. This is not falling in the 18th century where uh, the world is still in horse and buggy mode and, and, and there's evil, but there's certainly no desperate wickedness that has overtaken the earth as in our day. Back in the 18th century, men did not marry men and women did not marry women. Back in the 18th century, you could of course, find apostate churches, even a denomination apostate, but you would also find true congregations. Christ was in the midst of the church. The church was the place to go. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is that if the 7,000 year period that God is telling us not to be ignorant of, if it fell, in the year 1500 and something, or 1600, or 1700, or 1800, or 1900 and and 50, when the world thought it was really getting better at that point, if it fell on any other date, as a matter of fact, any other date in all previous history before 2011, even if it fell after 2011, 2013, 2019, 2050, we would not have any idea of how to fit this statement into a timeline for the end of the world. But, but what happened was that God opened up the biblical calendar of history so we could know the date when the flood occurred, Then, God also, through the biblical calendar, has shown us that the end of the Church Age occurred in the year 1988, and that there would be a 23-year Great Tribulation period that would go to the year 2011, the very year when the 7,000th year from the Flood would be reached. 1988 to 2011. And not only that, but God very carefully in Genesis 7 and also in Genesis 8, he gives many dates with the flood. We know the flood began on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. That is the 17th day of the second month of Noah and when you go 7,000 years into the future to this one year, the only year that fits is 2011, when you travel that 7,000 year period and, and that's the uh, end of the 23 year great tribulation, then you, you have to wonder, well, where within the year would it fall? And, you know, I've said this before, but But this is astounding that May 21, 1988, began the Great Tribulation. May 21, 2011, concluded the Great Tribulation. That was the exact 23rd year, the exact 8400th day. And that day, that date, had underlying it. That's a Gregorian calendar date. May 21, 2011. There's also a Jewish calendar or a Hebrew calendar. That's why in our April and and sometimes March, um, the Jews hold the Passover feast, which is their first month. Well, it's our third or fourth month. But there's a Jewish calendar that is underneath, in a way, like say Easter is April, whatever, well that would be the fourteenth day of of the the first month of the Passover. Or when we have the Feast of Tabernacles, which we're familiar with. It occurs in the Hebrew seventh month, and again we were looking back in twenty eleven to October twenty-one as the last day of the Feast of in the Hebrew seventh month, even though October is our tenth month because the Jewish or Hebrew date does not match the Gregorian calendar date. It, it's, you, you can have one date of our calendar and underneath it, a Hebrew calendar date that is very different. And so May 21, 2011 was our Gregorian calendar date for the end of the Great Tribulation, but the Hebrew date, the Bible date that was underneath in the Jewish calendar, was the 17th day of the second month. The very day that the door was shut, that the rain began to fall, the day after 7 Days after the seven twenty-four hour date period, seventeenth day of the second month, after seven thousand years, from 4990 B.C. the seventeenth day of the second month, seven thousand years later, on May 21, 2011, it was the equivalent date of the seventeenth day of the second Hebrew month. God was locking it in. He was verifying we were understanding things correctly. And we were understanding that which he said we were not to be ignorant of, beloved. Be not ignorant of this one thing. Thanks for joining us for Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies.